All right, we're back, and I want to I want to continue a little bit of the thought from the last one about boundaries and unpack a few other things, but it, we'll put some different stuff in here as well. We'll start a kind of a new thought. But one of the things I want you to think through about your boundaries, whether they're good, healthy, or lack thereof, is... And this is the way to measure it, because sometimes people say, well, I, I don't know if I really have healthy boundaries or not. How do, how do I tell? That's really a great question. And I want you to think through it with me here, and I'm going to kind of give you some of, I'm going to give you some of my examples, and then you have to fill in the blanks for the way you are and your examples or your things that you do. So for me, the way that I tell if I am developing and have healthy boundaries at some level and I'm continual, this is a continual process of developing them as you see a need for uh, more boundaries in your life with people. You, you know, the bigger you get in life, if you have, if you lead a lot of people, a large corporation, a movement, uh, it's a, you need, you, you'll find that boundaries kind of ebb and flow and have to change based on what you do and how much impact you're having. So I'll just kind of leave that thought in your mind. But for me, what I realized is, is when I am in relationships with people and for whatever reason, I allow uh, that relationship to, uh, let me just put it in my terms, frustrate me so much that I want to go do something to, to fix it and veg out, so to speak. And maybe for you, it's just going and watching two hours of TV to forget that. I don't even want to think about that. Or you, maybe you medicate, maybe you... Uh, like uh, a great, uh, you know, for me, I like a great uh, glass of wine uh, and there's nothing wrong with that for me personally, but maybe instead of a glass, you have three. And, uh, or maybe what you do is you go and you go play golf because you're good at it and you can just go play and enjoy golf and you don't have to think about that relationship that's driving you up the wall or over the edge or whatever the case might be. You have to realize that some of the outlets we choose in life to go spend time doing that we either enjoy uh, and maybe enjoy too much or that we're good at and enjoy doing, sometimes if we're doing them for the wrong reasons. Now, look, I'm not one of these people. You know, I, if you love playing golf, go play golf. But go play golf for the right reasons. If you love, you know, a good glass of wine, have a glass or two with your wife and, and, and a meal but don't drink a whole bottle every day, okay? If, if you're, see, anything that's pushed to excess, in my mind, is driven from a need of your, you don't, you're not, you don't have healthy boundaries. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. So anything in your life, you know, moderation uh, in, in most things that you do that you enjoy is probably healthy, as long as it's not illegal, obviously, and immoral. You know, uh, moderation in adultery is not good. Okay. That's immoral. So I'm talking about just normal life. Like if you go play golf or you enjoy a glass of wine, or maybe you like going camping and fishing, or maybe you like going to the beach and spending a weekend or a week and you love the beach or whatever. Things that you love and enjoy. I think the father wants us to find enjoyment in those things. I actually think he enjoys being with us in those things. Like if you like fishing and sitting out on a pond on a boat and just sitting there for a couple hours waiting for a fish to bite and you love that, I think the father loves that for you. To me, I, that's like scratching a chalkboard. I just, I'm, I'm not into it, but that might be you. It's okay to have these things. I'm, I, I believe that the abundant life that we've been given, it gives us access to enjoy life as we're 
also becoming the best version of us. But what I've seen in my own life, because you've asked the question, because this is my question that I would have had for me, what does it look like when I don't have healthy boundaries? How do I tell if I have healthy boundaries? What it looks like for me is when I take the things that I've been given for enjoyment and I either do, I just excessively do them to avoid the conflict of some of these boundary issues or excessively do them to medicate so I don't have to deal with it mentally and emotionally. When you do either one of those, really the same thing, you have either, you have a boundary issue. Now, it might not be your issue, but you're going to have to deal with the relationship that's causing that. And if you don't, to me, that shows unhealthy boundaries. So I'll kind of leave that for you to, 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 to kind of unpack because I don't really know how to explain it for you. I can just give you my, for instances, of what I do. You know, like for me, if, if, if I get frustrated with something, I'll just go work out hard and I'll work out too hard and I'll hurt myself. <laughs> because I'm intense, but that's me. You might not be intense. You might be something else that you do other things. So, you know, you kind of have to figure out who you are, number one, and, and what you do when you're triggered, what you do when you feel threatened or, or violated or feel like your heart's been violated because of a lack of boundaries. See, here's the thing for me. One of the things that I realize is, is that healthy boundaries, it, and me setting them up, the circles, if you remember the circles we talked about, me setting healthy boundaries up is that I only have enough emotional uh, capacity to have people in a deep relationship in my life. So do you. And how many of that is, I think is probably just your mate, your children, and maybe a couple, two or three close, really, really close friends who get you and probably your immediate family, like your parents. That's it. Outside of that, everyone else goes in the next circle. No matter even if you really love them and like them, they could be cousins, they could actually maybe even be, uh, you know, people that you're in business with, partners. They've got to go in the other circle. And, and so you'll have to figure that out for you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just using the circles for a metaphoric way for you to understand what boundaries should look like. But for me, when I allow people into my circle that have not proven the trust factor and that, 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 that I trust them and they trust me with each other's hearts at a high emotional level, it's my problem. It's not theirs. If they got in the circle, I let them in. They didn't get in because they pushed their way in. I let them in. So it's really my issue and boundaries, my boundary issue, not theirs, even if they push their way into my circle. See what I'm saying? So hopefully that makes sense. But what I wanted to hit on here and move into uh, this next thought that I want you to think about is, are you looking for love in all the wrong places? This is kind of an extension of the last talk, but I, I, I feel like it's a kind of a header you need to consider. Because... When you have healthy boundaries, I'll just use your mate as a really great example because most people that are married will understand this. When I try to get something from my mate that only I can get from the father, that feeling of acceptance, I'm going to be frustrated. And when you place too big of a demand on your mate, let me just give you kind of an example uh, of what that might look like. Let's say that you and your wife, let's say you're a man listening to this and you have a wife and you and your wife both work. Okay, let's just use that, both have careers and you have kids. 
typically in America, and this is different sometimes now, but typically when the male and female would come home, the kids would still, you know, could interact with both parents, obviously, but, but normally the wife's job was to over the kids, you know, and, and she's kind of, the house is her home and she takes care, you know, the meals and stuff like that. Now, I know families where the man is the cook because he cooks better. Hey, whatever works, it's, it, I'm just using this so you can kind of get a visual. But when you, if I'm the man and I expect my wife to be made up looking sexy for me, always approving me, always just loving on me and making me feel good when I come home and have a tough day at work and be a rock star in the kitchen, be a rock star with our kids, keep our house spotless and also have a career, that is unhealthy. That is when I am trying to get something from her and make her do things for me that number one, she can't do that if, if, if she's that busy all the time, okay? And then number two, I'm really almost trying to force that so it makes me feel validated. Anytime you force relationships that you have to feel validated in kind of out of balance, it's okay. Look, I want my wife to feel validated all the time. And I tell her, she, I love her, and I, she's a rock star. I want her to feel valued and validated. I think that's wonderful. The problem is when we want validation at any cost, you have unhealthy boundaries. Even in your relationship with your mate and you, which is probably your closest relationship on earth, other than your kids, right? So you even have to understand within the inner circle sanctum of your friendships i have two best friends that that, that and couples and 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 uh, let me tell you something let me tell you how i tell if people are in my inner circle if i leave if i leave my kids now my both of my daughters are grown now one of them's 25 and married the other one's 20 going into the third year of college so they're different age now but when my kids were 8 10 years old if i would leave them with you you were in my inner circle no one outside of my inner circle that I leave my kids with because I don't trust my kids with people. Now, I might trust me with you, but they ain't trusting my kids, so you get the, kind of the metaphor. So this, these two best friends of mine that are in my inner circle, uh, I would drop my kids off to them and leave them for a week and not worry a bit about one moment. That's how much I trust them. I hope they trust me that much, and I think they do. We have a reciprocal relationship. But even in those relationships, you have to keep the tension of, honor and value and not try to push too hard to get something out of people that they can't provide. This is why it's so wonderful when you find your vertical relationship with the Father continually growing into that, continually finding that blueprint, then you look less for people to validate you and accept you and you look for acceptance from Him and out of that place, you live a life full on, fully alive and free, and you actually enjoy the relationships that God gives you at every level, whether they're in the inner circle, the next circle, the next circle, it doesn't matter. You really enjoy them better when you're validated from the Father and you know it and you have that relationship. Look, here for me, you know, I'm trying to make this a talk. If you are not a believer, you could listen to it and still apply. But this is the way my life rolls. I'll just give you the way it rolls. When I get to in states where I'm impatient and I'm mean to people and I and 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 I just like you know gruffy and I just push on people and I force things and I'm just like get out of my face you know I'm just ill at everything I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore okay just to think think about like that when you get like that you know what I realize I realize for me in that moment oh my God my my relationship with the Father I 
I have, I have walked out from under that vertical relationship. He didn't leave. I did. And I didn't do it on purpose. But all of a sudden, I realized that relationship has gotten out of kilter, off-center, if you will. If you can just imagine a plumb line that runs straight down. When that vertical relationship is straight and connected, things flow better for me, and they will for you. But when I get out from under that vertical plumb line, if you will, and that thing gets a little bit twisted and off because of my actions, my thoughts, my emotions, all of a sudden I realize, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. And then I start realizing, why did I do that? I know better than that. Do you ever do those things where you're like, you say something like, I know better than that. How many, what, you know what I'm talking about, right? And immediately for me, I realize, oh, my, my, somehow I've got to get that vertical relationship back in alignment. And as soon as I make that adjustment and as I kind of get back in that flow, it might not be immediate. It might take a few days or whatever. But as soon as I make the attempt to get back in it, it almost centers me, if you will, so that my relationships in all the circles from my center circle out work better and flow better. And I'm, they're better for them and they're better for me. And this is how I want you to look at it. So stop looking for love in all the wrong places. And when I make that statement, this is what I mean. Stop trying to get something from your mate she can't give you. Stop trying to get something from your children they can't give you. Stop trying to get something from your best friend that he can't give you or she can't give you, vice versa. Stop trying to get something from a business partner that maybe you're in business with that they don't have. And when I make those statements, I kind of, let me give you kind of some, you know, caveats in there. Sometimes we are trying to get our emotional needs met by close relationships but they don't have the capacity to meet them. Not because they don't love you or because they don't care for you. It's because they don't really have what you need. And see, what I've realized in my life is no one person in my world has everything I need. The only person that has everything I need is the Father. Through my relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but through the Father's relationship with me, He has everything I need. He has my back. He has everything covered. And when I realized that, then I stopped trying to extract things out of people. Now, sometimes people can give you things. I have a great friend of mine uh, named Stephen, and he's one of my best friends. He's one of those two people. And uh, uh, he is just awesome. And, and he's a great listener, and he has great wisdom. And so sometimes I can call him when I have a, a, you know, a business thought or a, a spiritual thought, and, and I kind of want to have bounce it off. And a lot of times he'll have something he can give back to me that helps me most of the time. So there are people in your life that will be able to pour into you, and that, that's the way it should be. You pour into relationships, and they pour back. That would be healthy. If relationships are one way, that's not healthy either. But with him and my other best friend, Dan, they, they are people that I trust their opinion. And if I bounce something off of them and they pour back into me, then, then I trust what they're saying. So they, in that level, they have a way that they can give back to me, so to speak, at an emotional level that I need sometimes. So there are times in your relationships where people can fill some of those voids. But what happens is, is when those voids are over accentuated and you try to force that to give you that peace, it'll always get out of balance. It'll always get out of balance and it'll always end up with something broken in that relationship that you're going to have to repair.
when you try to extract from people kind of in Orton, you know, like, you know, at kind of a force, like, I need to get this fixed, you know, and I, I, I just feel bad. I need to, and when you try to force that and they really can't give to you that thing you're looking for, it's going to hurt your relationship and you're going to have to repair it. I've done this so many times. I bet I've done this hundreds of times in good relationships. So, you know, if you've lived any life at all, I'm 57, I'm closer to 60 now than I am 50. And I've lived a, a lot of life and I've been in business for 35 years in several businesses. And so I've had a lot of relationships and I, I have screwed a bunch of stuff up. And, and I realized that then you got to go fix them. So I'm attempting in this series to give you a lots of things that you can start utilizing in your own life to, to have a healthy thought of yourself and your own heart and protect your own heart and also develop healthy boundaries and be accepted by that vertical relationship. And then out of that flows fully aliveness, freedom, abundance, all the good things you want flow from that point. And anytime your life isn't working well, it's because of that vertical relationship and you trying to look for love in all the wrong places. And I'm telling you, if you do that long enough, you'll destroy your own heart and destiny, and you'll also hurt other people. Because I've seen this enacted by other people around me that I've learned as signposts, so to, so to be. It's kind of like a sign saying, hey, don't live like that, or you're going to end up destroyed. I've seen people burn relationships to the ground uh, because of just incidental things and and kind of, you know, idiosyncrasies about each other that, you know, people end up getting divorced because they don't, and the, there's little things. It's, it's usually not that big thing that happened. And what happens is if you let things fist, if you let things fester over time, these wounds inside of your own heart become so big, you can't even stand to see that person, whoever you feel like has done that to you. And so what I want you to do is stop that. Stop that and start getting your heart emotionally well through the relationship vertically first. And then as that's happening, then create those healthy boundaries. Learn to say, yes, I can do that. No, I can't. And if the no hurts people that they think you should do it, but you just know it's outside of your wheelhouse and outside of your boundaries to this moment, try to give the best understanding to them that you can based on their relationship with you. If they're close to you, you've got to give them a lot of understanding of why you're saying no and then keep moving. Because here's the deal, until you get to the point where you look for love first and foremost in the beginning from the Father and then out of your own heart, you can't really receive in depth the love other people have for you. It's just the way it works. And so as you're moving forward in this, and we've got, uh, I've got all kinds of topics to talk about because I want to end here. I want you to take and think about it now. I want you to think about your life as a whole and think about over your lifetime, what areas that you've looked for love in all the wrong places. What relationships have you burned to the ground over small things that should never have been broken? What have you done when you were in a bad emotional state in your own heart to other people? That's a good one to write down. And then also, as you get these negatives, see, I, I want you to write down the bad things. Because then I want you to try to understand, why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep repeating this pattern? That would be the next question. Because that empowers you to change. And then find positive things 
an empowering story that you can start implementing in your own life when these same feelings come. Because let me tell you something, the things you're writing down are going to come up again and again and again. And if they are, and you keep dealing with them the way you've been dealing with them, and you're destroying relationships you shouldn't, and you're doing things out of a lack of boundaries that you shouldn't, you're going to keep doing that until you realize why you're doing it and say, wait a minute, I need, when this happens next time, I need to have a different story in my soul and in my emotions so that I react differently from my heart toward these people or toward this relationship or toward whatever it is. So write those things down. Take time and think through this process for yourself because you're different than me. The stories I'm telling you are my stories. If you can relate to them because they're similar to what you do, fine. But for the most part, they're not going to be. And you're a different person. But start equating them to who you are and applying these to you so that your heart will be well and that your acceptance will come from the Father first, and then everything else flows outward from that point. So with that thought, we'll see you on the other side. Remember, live free. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember to hit subscribe. If you would like to know more about what I do and how I could possibly help you, then visit me at www.donwlong.com. Also check out the course, Selling from the Soul.